We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, and I'm joined today by Vince D'Addario, our football analyst. And Vince, we're going to go a little different direction with today's podcast. We're yes, not going to we do a typical spring practice uh, podcast. We're not going to do a recruiting podcast today. We're going to talk about uh, sort of a bigger picture college football podcast. And it it really came from a question that we got in last week's Mailbag, Friday mailbag, and it kind of led down a rabbit hole that led us to this podcast. <laughs> you could say and, that. And, and it was essentially kind of looking at it like, you know, the question was about, you know, the teams we love to hate. And then that kind of got you and I into a conversation about just different programs. And then that led to converse, future off-air conversations about, you know, sort of what is when, – when is college football at its best? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about is when it relates to Notre Dame – and then other programs, who are the quote-unquote blue bloods, and we use that right. term loosely because we're going to define it kind of how we want to define it. When the game is at its healthiest, who are the programs that need to be good? Who are the programs that when these programs are good, it's better for the game? Right. So what does that mean, Vince, when we talk about better for the game? And, and you and I kind of have different criteria. My criteria is about creating a natural – uh balance and what i hate is when you you create rules that that mandate sort of um i say mediocrity disparity or what's not disparity but uh what's the word i'm looking for vince where it's kind of like parody 
parody. You, know, you have a mandated parody. Right. I don't like mandated parody. I'm a believer in excellence. And I'm a believer that if you don't like that Alabama dominates college football, then do something about it. Sure. Do a better job coaching. Do a better job recruiting. Be willing to spend more money if it matters to you. And to me, it's not just one or two programs that can create more right, real balance in college football. And balance meaning that other programs are great. And so to me – we look at it and say blue bloods are the programs that number one are going to be a, attract a lot of attention. The, the the known names, right? I mean, sort that, of, yeah. I mean, no names that there has to be a level of tradition to it, in correct. my opinion, right? Correct. And and it can be it can vary from from person to person. You and I have some similarities and some differences. Programs that are when they are rolling can be legitimate championship contenders on a relatively regular basis because to me. When there are a lot more legitimate title contenders, then you don't have what we've seen the last decade, which is really just kind of two programs that have really dominated college football, one more so than the other. Uh, Clemson obviously being the other, and that's more of a recent thing. That's that didn't really start until 2015. Yeah. Right. You know, because prior to the first half of this decade, it was, you know, Clemsoning was a term used to describe just the inability to win those big games. So we're going to discuss what are the programs that need to be good to create that level of balance and why. And, and as we kind of go through, you'll start to see our different criteria come into play. Because, you know, my criteria events is teams that can be championship caliber, teams that have some level of tradition. I believe that there is a, a level of recruiting that goes into this, that, that, that they're, when they're good, it balances out recruiting. We'll get into that. You had a little bit of a different take on it it's so again a lot of crossover but you had a little bit of a different take on it i did yeah it, one of my criteria and, and, and we were very similar in a lot of our criteria you know those, those teams with the shocker you and, and i had a lot in common on something i, I, I know right they're gonna be floored by that <laughs> but i brought one up and uh, i think it surprised you a little bit um i think and, and the conversation started uh when you and i were having a conversation and, and it was about what what teams, if they are good, is good for college football. Mm -hmm. That that was kind of how I shaped my thinking on the whole thing. And my thought was, okay, so we're talking ratings. We're talking, you know, people talking around the water cooler, you know, whatever, right? What gets people excited about college football? Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the things that gets me excited about college football is when you have that team that you're not really expecting to be good and they are good. And I'm talking knocking off perennial powers, good, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. uh, an example that you and I discussed before the uh, before the show was like a Boise State, right? When they mm -hmm. crashed the BCS and they beat Oklahoma and they did it with the Statue of Liberty and you know the trick plays, and then you got the running back and he's proposing to his girlfriend. But they were a legit team. I mean, they right. they beat teams that year, right? So, um, but they were but Boise State as we have found over the last couple of decades is a solid, solid program. Now, now they're not always going to beat the Oklahoma's and the, in the Alabama's or whatever of the world, but they're a solid program, mm -hmm. but that, you know, they have that rise where you're like, okay, these guys are something special that gets mm -hmm. people excited. I mean, right. Everybody that I know that is a college football fan watched that Fiesta bowl because it was yeah. a great football game. 
right? Because right, you wanted to see the David versus Goliath. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, and, but see, to me, to get to that, you have to, to bring down some of the top powers. And, yes. and to part of that conversation is in no way, shape, form, or fashion am I talking about leveling the playing field. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in leveling the playing field. I believe that you have rules and that everyone has to kind of live by it, but it's not going to be the same for, for everyone. Some teams are going to be able to, to be better than others. That's just the nature of it. And right. you can get good by making good decisions, by making good coaching decisions, by make then that head coach making right hires, recruiting your butt off, and begin and building success and then allowing that success to build on other success. I mean, Florida State had an opportunity in the early part of this decade to become a power, and they didn't because their head coach made poor decisions from a coaching hire standpoint. Sure. Uh, he didn't necessarily do some of the things he needed to do on the recruiting trail. They quickly fell off, and, and he basically moved on, and he's at Texas A&M now. There have been programs that have, out, had, have had opportunities, and it was their own decisions. I mean, Notre Dame was rolling along in the, the late 80s, early 90s as one of the premier programs in the country because they made a great hire. He did some good things. Well, he didn't do as good of a job sort of the end of his career. Then his replacement was a poor decision. And then the program made decisions that kept Notre Dame from being sure, good. Sure. And so there's nothing that's happened in college football that's made it to where Notre Dame can't win again. So let's dive into this, Vince. And let's okay. first begin with Notre Dame. Yes. I believe Notre Dame being good is great for college football in a, in a, in a lot of different ways. Number one, it's great for ratings. This yep. past three seasons has shown that. Every time Notre Dame plays at Clemson or a Georgia or a team like that, it is always one of the most, if not the most, watched college football game of the season. Notre Dame-Clemson. The reason year. for yeah. that is, is number one, Notre Dame has a tradition, right? One of the deep storied programs in college football. Number two, Notre Dame is a program with a very big vocal fan base. And number three, I don't know if there's a program in the country that is hated more than Notre Dame by sure. other fan bases. And I think that's good for college football. It is sure. good to have – Sort of the enemy. I mean, there was a time for a brief period of time when Notre Dame was considered sort of the the good guys because why? They beat Miami. Sure. Right? Who was the bad guys of college football? And it was kind of that everyone rallied around, you know, could rally around Notre Dame. Well, but more often than not, Notre Dame is the hated team. And I think that's a good thing for college football. I like that team that brings out incredible passion in their fan base, which every every team brings out passion in their own fan base but then also brings out that negative passion in another fan base to sure. where not only do they hate you, but they're going to make sure that they watch the games that you play to watch right. you hopefully get yes. beat. And so those are the things that, that we look at and say that's a part of it. And Notre Dame being good is good for the game. And here's another point, Vince, for me. I believe I want to see counterweights. And what I be, mean by that is I don't want a bunch of teams that are kind of the same way. They go about their business the same way. I think, and that's why we talk too, geography is a big part of this conversation. Huge. Huge. Teams that that are, are that do it differently, and nobody does it more differently than Notre Dame when it comes to the powers. Now, obviously, Northwestern does it differently, and Vanderbilt does it differently. And but they're not considered but nobody Notre, cares. They're not considered a football right. elite. Nobody just, cares. Right, exactly. And Notre Dame does it differently than Ohio State and, and Alabama and Clemson. And it's not good or bad. It's just different well and, and notre dame and to kind of piggyback off your t- off, off of what you're saying notre dame is a national brand notre dame is not a regional brand so no matter who you are a fan of if you have an opinion of notre dame you absolutely have an opinion of notre dame because notre dame is coming into your town to recruit your best player mm-hmm. and if 
you're a Georgia fan, for example, and Notre Dame goes down into Georgia to try to recruit that kid, you think that he's destined to be a Georgia player, right? Or if you're in Ohio, you think that kid should go to Ohio State or name your school, name your area. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's going to come in and try to recruit that kid, right? And so you either hate Notre Dame because of the, you know them coming into your area and trying to take your kids, mm-hmm. or you love Notre Dame because of the Sunday morning replays that I always hear about from the generation kind of above us, right? We hear about that. That's how people became Notre Dame fans. Um, That's ultimately what led to me being a Notre Dame fan. Right, because it you was know, your dad. It, exactly. And it, and, it, exactly. and it goes down, right? right? My kids are Notre Dame fans because I'm a Notre Dame fan. That That is just – that that's a lot of ways on way you know people become fans, and look, you could take this all the way back, and I, I know I'm preaching to the choir because people here are Notre Dame fans, but it goes all the way back to Newt Rockney going coast to coast to play teams, right. and he got in front of different people, right. and you throw that Catholicism side of it in there. Right, that was the other thing I was going to say. It's with a religious it. school, Absolutely. where most of the schools that we're going to talk about are public schools, for sure, for sure, and so. You 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 put all of that into a pot, and you, Notre Dame becomes very polarizing. You yes. either love them or you hate them. There's there's yes. not a whole lot of people down the middle. There's just not, and you'll find more people down the middle that live here because Notre Dame doing well could benefit them. You know, sure. individually. Oh, I hate wise, Notre Dame. I grew up a Michigan fan, but you know, my, my dad works at the hotel, right. Right. you know, in town, or my. My exactly. uncle owns a restaurant that, you know, in, in that September to November period of time is when they make their most money, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, exactly. It's, 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 a, it's like a lot of things. It's a generational thing, but it, it, there's just more to it than, like you said, when you say regional, when most Ohio State fans live in o- Ohio or Correct. that area, most Michigan fans, that doesn't mean there aren't Michigan fans all over the country. There are. But the fact is, is that the majority of the fan, people have asked me this: Why doesn't Notre Dame sell out their their spring game when Ohio State will put hundred thousand people? Because ninety percent of Ohio State fans live in that state, right. and most of the people in Notre Dame come to Notre Dame games are coming from out of town. Correct. And they're not going to come in from out of town for the blue gold game. Correct. I wish more not. would. That'd be a lot more fun. But of you know, would. but I, but I get it. And also, you know, those schools have five times the the attendant. I mean, there's. Those schools have That's as many. Some point. of those schools have as many students that Notre Dame can, you know, could. I mean, that no, more than than Notre Dame is going to have at their entire spring game. So that factors into it as well. But, but the point that Notre Dame is a a national program, there is a level of tradition there, and that tradition has not been met for a long time. Right. Makes Notre Dame even more polarizing and more debatable, which again is good for the game when we have these debates about does is Notre Dame relevant. Right. Well, the fact that we're constantly having that debate says, yeah, <laughs> the fact you have to keep a- asking yeah. this question is I- exactly why. Well, so, so Notre they Dame were the first ones to get it. their own TV, you know, con- all of those. Well, they've things, been the first right? to do a lot of things. Exactly. And that right. tells you right there that they're relevant. I mean, mm-hmm. it just is what it is. And frankly, Notre Dame could do a lot better going with somebody else besides NBC from a financial standpoint. Right. Right. They just could. Well, but they're, they're production standpoint, and, don't even get me started well, on that. That's a whole other conversation. We got a nice view of that one this year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's some other things to it as well, Vince, that there's a lot of jealousy about mm-hmm. Notre Dame. I think the whole conference thing is nothing other than pure jealousy because a lot of programs would like to do their own thing. And, and I've mentioned this before. 1988, you look at the teams that were independents in 1988. 
it was a long list a long of list. teams. And yeah. and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pull this up now because it, it's teams that were considered, you know, traditional powerhouse programs. Here are the teams that were independents in 1988. At the end of the year, the number one, two, three, five, and thirteen teams were all independents. That is not the Notre case. Notre Dame, anymore. no. Notre Dame, Miami. Florida State, West Virginia, Syracuse were those ranked teams. South Carolina was independent. Pitt was independent. Penn State was independent. Boston wow. College was independent. Virginia Tech was independent. Wow. And there were other programs like Cincinnati, Tulsa, Temple, Louisiana. I didn't Tech, even realize nobody it, cares about that. I didn't realize it was that many teams. Yes, too. Louisville was independent. And so, you know, and you had smaller conferences, which is why there were so many more independent teams. But if those money, teams could yeah. financially continue to be independent, there would be benefits to staying independent, as Notre Dame has found out. Found out. But no TV deal is trying to offer Penn State a deal to watch them play national football because in very exactly many right. regards, and we're going to have an interesting conversation about Penn State coming up, Penn State is a regional program. And, and whereas an, uh, an Ohio State has more, it, it is a regional school from a dominance of its fan base, but it is a national program in many ways, and we'll, we'll get into that. So we both agree that Notre Dame being good is good for the game. No right. question about no it. And, question. and by good, meaning they're a legitimate title contender. And they're almost there. I, I think as long as they are what they've been the last four years, that's good. It's going to be even better if they can get to that next level and start sure. winning some of those big games. Because, again, one of the things that I look at is when I talk about teams that I hate, like Michigan. You and I disagree on this because you grew up around more Michigan fans than I did. But I, I have a harder time – like I don't even hate Michigan anymore. I almost feel bad for them. They're just kind of like a, a, a program to make fun of. You, you, you know what I mean? And well, that I'll agree with. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's because they're kind of sad, you know. And, uh, and I, I to me, and so we'll we'll get into all that. But I just feel like it's good for it's good for the game that they they have Notre Dame to hate that other sure. programs and other conferences because that's oh, the yes. one thing all five Power Five conferences have in common. They yep. all hate Notre Dame. And the ACC was not overly happy that the schools mm-hmm. about bringing mm-hmm. Notre Dame into the conference until they started seeing you know a little extra revenue and then they are oh, selling out even though we're zero and seven that's wonderful yeah. thank you right. Notre Dame we love you you know yeah, exactly. that's why every time a head football coach in the ACC runs his mouth I'm like you should probably have a talk with your athletic director and your budget person before you do that because otherwise you need to shut your pie hole. Um, anyway, so Vince, let's kind of go conference by conference and okay. talk about the programs that we think need to be. Get back and if to they being were all good. good at the same time. Holy crap on a stick. And, and what you need is you need at least at least half of them sure. to be legit title contenders, right. and the other half need to be at least be good. And I will or say that knock off one or two of those. And and I will say that at least one or two of each conference would be fantastic because yeah, at we, least we, one. we talked about the location issue. And if you've got five or six teams that are just amazing in the sec mm-hmm. and you've got nobody in the pac 12 or nobody in the big 12, you've isolated two thirds of the country Been the case for much of the right. Last. And I mean, it, you look at this Clemson and Alabama deal the last right. five years. I mean, right. that's a, they're both re, they're both yeah. Southeastern programs. That's I mean, correct. And that, by that's, the fifth time they're playing each other, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. You, you've got Alabama-Clemson fatigue, and I get that. And and also, from a location standpoint, before we jump into this, Brian, um, you know, my viewing time of football is limited, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I come home from a Notre Dame game or when I'm done watching the primetime game, if the Pac-12 has a game coming on, let's say at 10 o'clock our time, you know, Eastern Standard Time, 
and nobody in the Pac-12 is any good, I'm turning it off and I'm going to bed. I mean, I love watching football. Don't get me wrong. I'll watch football. I don't want to watch bad football. And so if there's nobody good out on the West Coast, I'm not going to elect to stay up and watch those games. I'm not an AP voter or anything like that. So I want to watch for an entertainment standpoint or if maybe, maybe somebody's on Notre Dame's schedule or something along those lines, I'll watch. But if nobody's good out there, I'm not watching. And so you have now, not only have you isolated the West Coast from caring about what's happening in the Southeast or in the East Coast, you have now isolated all those people back where we are. They're mm-hmm. not watching what's happening over there. They don't care. Right. So you need somebody. That's what we talk about, right. why location is important. If you want college football to be the, the epicenter of what it can be, you need the different areas of the country to right. be good. So everybody's involved. And now people on the West coast are watching what's going on over here because it affects them. Right. So, so let, let's dive, let's dive into that Vince because, okay. and we're, cause we're going to start out West uh, and we're going to segue. Right. So we've established Notre Dame needs to be good. The game is better when Notre Dame is good. Yes. And the fact that other fan bases would so, so harshly disagree with that is exactly why we're correct. Let's go to the Pac-12 because this one's a little tougher for me. There's one easy one in the Pac-12, and that's USC. But here's why I think it's important that the Pac-12 get better. What we're seeing is programs like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State now going out to California and taking their best players. Yeah. And that only creates a a wider gap. Yeah. And the fact that USC is is kind of a eh, program now makes the game worse because number one, you don't have that, to your point, that geographical balance. There's nobody on the West coast they care about, but let's be honest, fans on the West coast don't really care about their teams as much as other regions. Anyway, you can just tell so, that by when they show so, up for the yeah, games. So the West coast for me, doesn't matter as much as far. We got to figure out a way to create excitement on the West coast. I don't know what it is. My wife grew up in California. She's like, even when NFL teams were good, nobody cared. You know, it was like a we went to. She was a season. Her dad was a season ticket holder to the Chargers games, and they they went because it was something to do on a Sunday. It was more of a a a, a social event, like going to the mall, than it was let's go cheer on the Chargers. You know, Uh, that's just how it is. But I still think USC is the one fan base out west out west that when they're good, they're rabid Mm -hmm. and they are intense. They are. Uh, and, and they will follow. That's reason number one. Reason number two is USC is the one program, and there's not even a close second in the Pac-12, and, and that's another issue. There's no other program in the Pac-12, in my opinion, that can be a counterweight to the, the national powers. And what I mean by that is not only on-field success, sustained long-term on-field right. success, right? but also from a recruiting standpoint. If you think about Alabama starting quarterback this year is going to is a kid from modern day out in Santa Ana out near LA. That would not have happened when Pete Carroll was the the coach Correct. at USC and USC was really good. It, it just it just probably doesn't happen. You you look at Clemson going out there and getting the 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 kid that they had the freshman quarterback they had. They got Bo Collins. They've had several kids that they're now getting from the West Coast. Ohio State has gone out and gotten some kids from the West Coast. I think there's – I believe that their starting quarterback this year, C.J. Stroud, I believe he is a West Coast kid. And so, to me, I just look at it, Vince, and I say, 
yeah, he's from uh, Cucamonga, California. So I was correct on that. He's going to probably be their starting quarterback this year. I just feel like when USC is good, it it's one more rec- recruiting hot recruiting area that right now Clemson and those programs are going to be less apt to go into. Because sure. here's the thing: do we really feel it's best for us to spend as much time as we would need to to beat USC and Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame is always going to be good on the West Coast when they want to be. Recruiting because even when USC was a powerhouse, the one team, even when Notre Dame sucked, the one team that could still go out west and beat USC for recruits was Notre Dame. Right? Just go look at what Charlie Weiss did. Notre Dame was going three and nine, and they were landing five well, stars from Mountain and, and that's why, and that's why USC has always been such a thorn in Notre Dame's side because even if they didn't have good coaching, which was the case for a long time, they had dudes, man, because they right. were they were plucking those LA kids right. like. But then Notre Dame was a thorn in USC side back then, too, because Notre Dame was the one school that could go out and get some of their kids. Yeah. And if USC is good, fewer of those kids are going to go to Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State. Some will, but most won't. Absolutely. They'll stay home. Kids are more willing to travel now than they used to be. Kids are more willing to leave their regions now. It's much more of a global type of environment. But still, if if USC is good, kids are going to go to USC and here, more often than they are now. And you know what the funny part is? I was just thinking about this, Brian. You know, everybody talks about you know the recruits weren't born when Notre Dame was good. Okay, last time USC was was good, like you know Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, like that. Those teams that was the middle two thousands, right? Right. We're we're talking fifteen, sixteen years ago now. Yeah. And there's a pretty good chunk of kids that have no idea that that happened. Right. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Well, if, if you think about a kid is 17 years old right now, yep, and he's turned 17 in the this year, that means what? The, he was born in 2004? Right. You think he remembers the, a year later the Bush With push the Bush and all Bush that kind of stuff? No, he, he does exactly. not. Exactly. Exactly. So so you, you're absolutely correct on that, Vince, that, that to me, USC's been down for – I mean, heck, the best team they've had the last decade is a team that Notre Dame beat 49 to 14, their 2017 team. Yep. Uh, or uh, highest ranked anyway. Well, no, 2016 team was pretty freaking good by the end of the year, but they got blasted by Alabama the early, the beginning of that season. That was before Sam Darnold took over as a starting quarterback, if you remember correctly. They got hot late. They lost like Utah early. They lost to Stanford, I think, early, and then just killed everybody the rest of the year, beat Notre right. Dame, and then beat Penn State in a great Rose Bowl. But to me, USC being good is, is better for the game, and it's better for I Notre agree. Dame too because that's one less big opponent you have to schedule. When USC is down, Notre Dame kind of has to kind of, okay, well, USC stinks. We have to go find somebody good, and that's why you add Ohio State and Clemson and teams like that, you know, to your schedule. But when USC – when you know USC is a power, say, look, we don't have to schedule three other tough games because we know we got that one game against that team from L.A. that's going to build our resume. That's a really good point. So it's good for Notre Dame, but more importantly, it's good for college football. Now, here's the rub. Here's the question, Vince. I have a hard time finding a second Pac-12 team that I could make a case for. The well, three that I was, about Washington, Oregon, and then I was talking to Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated about this subject this weekend because I was in the car for four hours and I needed, you know me, I, I just can't sit there silently for four hours. He brought up UCLA, and yep. I thought that was an interesting one because then they can somewhat keep U- USC from getting too big. Well, and 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 UCLA – Unfortunately, they have tradition at UCLA, right? But it's so long ago now that I think people forget that UCLA had tradition. At least that's that's yeah. how I feel. That's what I feel about UCLA. I, I do love 
the UCLA USC rivalry. I do like mm-hmm. when they play each other and they're both wear their home uniforms. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but you know, and I was hoping Chip Kelly was going to be able to go down there and really kind of turn them around, but that everything's kind of caught up to Chip Kelly. So yeah. although they did, they were better this they year. They were better. No, no, no. They were yeah. better, but they're still not in the conversation. Not close. Right. right. And right. you know, I had Oregon written down, but Oregon it was really good when Chip Kelly was there in that kind of small window. They didn't really have anything before that, and they haven't really had anything after that. Right. And that, what everybody knows about Oregon is that they're Nike and that they never wear the same uniform. Twice. And and I, here's a couple other things about Oregon that, that lead me to say that's not um, that's not a school that I would consider a, a, a part of this conversation. Oregon's had good teams in the past. You know, Mike Bellotti had. I remember the Achilles Smith teams, the Joey Harrington sure, teams. Sure. They they uh, didn't Dan Fouts go to Oregon. Right. I mean, they've had some big time programs at times, but they're just they've never been a traditional power. They're too far in the northwest. And Oregon is still not a recruiting hotbed. That that's the other piece of it. Is yeah. to me, good I point. just you know, they I think go into California, but if USC's really good and Oregon's really good, more kids are gonna go to USC than Oregon. Sure. Sure. So I, I just don't. I, I, I wrote them down, but yeah. I didn't feel like I needed to add. They're them to in the, the, list. The, the only other team that I would maybe consider Vince would be Washington, and and the and reason I say that is, the, well, they've won a championship. They, they had really that little that yeah. little era under Don James and then Jim Lambright where they were pretty good. And I sure. also think Washington's a much better state. I mean, they're Washington's producing a lot of talent. So I look at it and say, you know, maybe, and it's, you know, the Seahawks are one of the loudest, most raucous fan bases in, in the NFL, right? The 12th man and all that. That's an area to me that that likes football a lot. So I look at them and say, that's a team that perhaps could be a counterweight, but I don't know if they have enough tradition to, to be that. I, I'd have to do, I'd have to talk to some folks maybe that are a little older than me to find that out. But, you know, Washington has their fair of, of tradition as well. Not only did they have that era under Don James and Jim Lambright, but, you know, Warren Moon was a great player from Washington. They've had some programs back in the day that were really, really good. And I say, if there was a second Pac-12 team, it would come from UCLA or Washington. I would probably lean towards Washington because huh. I feel like they've actually won championships. I don't think UCLA's won a championship in a lot longer than Washington has because Washington's was in – the 90s, it was like right? 90, yeah, it was like 90, Early. right? Yeah. Like 90, 91, something like, something that, like yeah. that. And so I just, I say, to me, that's just a, that's the, the only other school that I would probably consider. I mean, Colorado's, Colorado's had their moments. They were pretty good around the same time Washington was, but Colorado just isn't a, isn't a they're, power they're to not me. Perennial power, I'm sorry. No, nah, and it's just to me not a state <laughs> that, you know, I really, it's not a fan. They're never going to come close to having the love that the Broncos have. And that's the other part of this is, you know, if, if USC's good, they're the hottest ticket in town, no matter sure. what the Raiders are doing. I mean, sure. we've seen that, it, you that's know, a, that's true. At the very least, they're on the same level. I and agree. Washington's never, you know, I mean, to me, is Washington ever going to be bigger than the Seahawks in that area? I don't know. Somebody from that region have to tell me, but I know for a fact that the Buffaloes are never going to be what the Broncos are. And, and I, I feel like a lot of the Pac-12 people are putting a lot of stock in Utah. Like Utah is mm-hmm. never going to be USC. They're just not. Right. I mean, they they they're a good program. Um, you know, no. and it's and hard just for the me state to, they're from. It, the, sure, they're not. And neither of the Arizona schools are in it for me. No, gosh, Stanford's no. not in it for me. Cal's not in it for me. So to me, it's it's USC for sure. And okay. then maybe we could talk UCLA and and Washington now. 
if Oregon is good, it's good for the game from the standpoint of they bring a different, like a new age element. But if right. Oregon's not good, it doesn't hurt the game. And that ultimately, for me, is where it comes down to. Okay. And that's why I have a hard time putting UCLA and Washington into it because when Alabama's not good, I think that hurts college football. When Notre Dame's not good, that hurts college football. Same with Oklahoma. Some of these other teams we're going to talk about. I, I think USC not well, being good hurts yes, college football. Yes, it does. I, I Washington and UCLA does not for me, and that's why I had a yeah. hard time doing okay. it. Okay. That's interesting that, criteria. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're moving to the Big 12. Yes. I believe is next, Brian. And yes. There's not a lot of choices here, in my opinion. Um, I, I there's two the big, no-brainers. There's two no-brainers. That's exactly it's Oklahoma and Texas, and then nothing to me. I mean, it's nice when Baylor, you know, jumped up there and and they were good, and it's nice when TCU was up there and they were good. But I think they fall under that category mm-hmm. of that uh, what I talked about earlier, being right. that team that kind of jumps up and is something that you didn't expect. I think they kind of yeah. fall in that category. Their best years when they were in the Mountain West. Absolutely. And if they're not good, it means nothing to me <laughs> that I, okay. The Horn Frogs and the, and the bears aren't good. Okay. That, you know, um, I would, I would put if Nebraska was still in the big 12, I would say big 12 Nebraska mm-hmm. is in that category. I don't know that big 10 Nebraska yeah. is in that category. Yeah, and, we'll and, get to and, that, and we'll but. definitely get to that for me. Oklahoma and Texas are, are there for all the obvious reasons. Number yes. one, traditional powers. No question. Uh, tons of tradition there, national championships, Heisman Trophy winners, all that yep, stuff. All and number two, recruiting hotbeds. Now, Oklahoma is yep. an underrated state. Notre Dame's had some big-time players from Oklahoma. Remember Reggie Brooks, Tony Brooks? They were from Oklahoma. They were Tulsa kids. But also, Oklahoma's right there by Texas. They've always recruited right. the state of Texas very well. And I feel like both of those teams, when they do it right, can, can put together the kind of talent that can go toe-to-toe with anybody to the point where at least – at the very least, they can knock off some teams sure. and beat some teams. And, and those teams, you know, Oklahoma, Texas has never been quite the championship contender that Oklahoma was, at least not in the last 40 years. You know, you go way back, oh, that's true. you know, early, the you know, Darrell Royal years, for sure. And they had that nice little run with Mac Brown. But, you know, I mean, Oklahoma's done it more. Bob, Bob Stoops has done it. Lincoln Riley's done it. Obviously, Barry Switzer did it. Whereas, you know, Mac Brown and then that's it. You know, Texas has had a tough time. And I think part of the issue is Texas's fan base has a very unrealistic expectation of, sure. of what is needed to, to further program to get back on track. And they're not willing to, to kind of take the patience that, that, that you need to get there, which is something Notre Dame fans struggled with with Brian Kelly through his first five or six years. It took Brian Kelly seven years to finally get Notre Dame back on track where they were a perennial 10 yeah. plus win team and that takes patience and it Texas does fans do not have that patience. do not have it and Most i think they fans some, don't either yeah. let's be and clear I, on that and i think but. their last couple hires have been pretty bad too you know and, and i didn't think they were gonna be i thought they were both good hires but they ended up being bad hires. Right. charlie yeah, strong and, and tom herman so but they're good for the game because for an, another reason it is so much easier for Alabama to go out into the state of Texas and Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State just got the number one player in the country from the state of Texas, uh, arguably the number one receiver in the 2023 class, 22 classes from the state of Texas. He's committed to Ohio State. And, and so to me, the better Texas and Oklahoma are, the better they recruit. The better they recruit, the fewer those kids leave the state and go to, and go to Alabama and Florida yeah, sure. and Ohio State. And that's part of this for me. Absolutely and that's why it's it. another reason that's like some of these schools don't necessarily there's too many things they don't fit for me to jump them into that to that category whereas when Oklahoma and Texas are really good 
there's going to be some kids you're sorry, you're just not going to get, especially sure. Texas, yes. especially Texas. Because there's a lot of in-state pressure to go to Texas. A lot sure. of it. Sure. A lot of it. And a desire. I mean, hey, have you ever been to Austin? I have. It's a pretty fun place. I have not. You know? Yeah, it's a pretty fun place. So uh, to Texas and, 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 and Oklahoma are it for me. I mean, TCU, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, those programs are – it's good for the Big 12 when some of those teams are good. It's good for the Big 12 when Kansas State's good. It's good for the Big 12 when Iowa State one of the good. other yeah, right. Texas teams is good because then they serve as a bit of a – a counterweight to Oklahoma. Like it's not good for Oklahoma that they dominate the big 12 the way that they do. It's right. just because then you don't know how good you really are. And then you get, you get exposed on the big stage. Cause you think, Nailed Hey, we're, we're, we're killing everybody in our league. Why? Right. You know, but there's no, there's no counterweight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed that yes. forces you to get better. Hey, we Correct. have to get better because we can't worry about Alabama and Ohio State and Notre Dame right now because we got to worry about Texas and and TCU and, and, and Iowa State and Kansas State. We got to worry about them first. Whereas now it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to dominate those teams. And as long as we beat Texas, we're in the Big 12 championship and you know we're going to be in the national playoff, that kind of thing. So it's good for those leagues. It's good for the Pac-12 when Oregon and Washington and one of the Arizonas is good and UCLA is good and one of either Utah or Colorado is good. It's good for the league, but it's not, which it's not, then is good for USC. Right, but it doesn't move the dial for others. For college football. Yeah, for college football. Right. I agree. Yep. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. All right, so, ACC. Is that where so we done? ACC is next. Yep. Okay, we're done with the Big Twelve. We can agree it's the two and everybody yep. else, right? Okay. Here's my first take that's probably going to ruffle some feathers. One ruffle, team that maybe. is not in my list of they they are when they're good, it's good for the game. Is Clemson? Now, it is good that Clemson has been good the last five years because otherwise nobody would have hung with Alabama, Correct. right? Alabama would have at least two more titles. Right, because Clemson beat Alabama twice in the title game. Sure, but it's just because they happen to be that team. 
It's not that they need to be that team. They don't have the tradition piece. Right. I mean, heck, before they ago. won in 2016, the last they the last time they'd won a title was 1981. And from 1981 to, I think, 2014, they'd had one top 10 finish yeah. at the end of the season. One. Clemson is not a traditional power. They're not a program that, to me, is sort of a – I mean, they kind of serve as a counterweight, but I just don't think that they're as – it's. It's a good state recruiting wise, but it's not a great state. You know, Alabama's not saying, "Oh gosh, we we're we're, we're dying because we can't get back into the state of South Carolina and beat Clemson right. for kids." You know, it just it's not. So so Clemson to me is is so, it's again it's good that they're there, and I don't mind sure. upstarts like that coming along every five or ten years, and then they are good for five or six years, and then they're fade back, and that's what I think is going to happen with Clemson. I was going to say, let me ask you a question: ten years from now, and we're having this discussion. Uh, because it's going to be, we're, we're still going to be doing this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but 10 years from now, and we bring up Clemson in the ACC, what do you think your opinion is going to be? Do you think they've fallen off the map at that point? Fallen off the map? I, st- I still think they'll be a good program, but they're not going to be what they are now. Okay. Well, well, part of it depends on what these next two teams we talk about do. Okay. And to me, the two programs in the ACC that have to be good are the two Florida programs. Miami and, that's and Florida Miami State. and Florida State. That's what I yeah, have written and, down right And here. here's a couple reasons for that. Miami more so than Florida State. I, I'll say that. Reason is, is Miami's a little bit of a, a, a unicorn in college football because it's actually a really good school. It's a very, very good and, academic and school. Because Miami's original great teams were the U and all that <laughs> right. came with that, Right from a perception standpoint, and the, the 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 manner the type of players they got in to play football and and how they conducted themselves in the 80s sure. which was a a decade of of just showmanship and and you know expensive jewelry and 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 all you know the, the Dallas era right that's one way to put it yeah there's a perception of it's why I love like the Miami players love pointing this out and I think it's so true is like you know everybody talks about how we were dirty and it's like well Notre Dame was every talked just as much trash as we did I'm like yeah that's sure right but there's a perception about sure. Notre Dame it's the Catholic kids the Catholics versus the convicts and so but the thing that but Miami's a really good school they're in a still a huge heavy recruiting base and to me there's just something different about when the U is good compared to Florida State. Now, now, now I want to clarify, we're not, we're not talking about we think Miami's going to win a national title anytime soon. We're talking about when they're good, it's good for yes. college football. And when Miami is good, if, if everybody remembers when Notre Dame went down to Miami, and of course they ended up getting their butts handed to them. But you remember the lead-up to that game. Mm-hmm. Hardly any talk was about that game. Right. It was all about what happened in the past. Yeah, 1988. That, yeah. That's what the talk was. And so – when that's the talk, that tells me that it's important for college football because people yeah. are turning people on the television that. because they remember that, not right. because of the game that's about to be played. Right. And so that's what led me to Miami because I was like, well, Miami hasn't been good for the last whatever. But well, when was they were – 2001, right? Yes. Well, that's right. I forgot about that group. Yes. When they beat Nebraska yes. and then lost Ohio State in 02. Yes. Yep. It was the early 2000s. Yes, sir. Uh, cause I was in college. I do remember that now. Okay. So, but those are the Miami teams that I remember mm-hmm. and that's what it, you know, it bubbles it to the surface, right? When, right. when Miami's good now, you start thinking about the past and you tune in. That's why it's right. good for college football. Right. You, you, to me, 
the other reason that I think it's important for Miami to be good is Miami is the one team in the state of Florida that can lock down half that state from a recruiting standpoint. And that helps they can all do the, the other programs because it means Clemson's not coming down and getting as much. Alabama's not coming down. And so to me, when I talk about organic, natural uh, parity, it's that right there. It's not let's create rules that makes it harder for Alabama to dominate, okay? Because Alabama's not, you know, people say, well, Alabama cheats. Well, they're not cheating in a way that's any different than how Auburn and half the other SEC teams cheat. They're winning because they're coached better. They spend more on facilities. They are an innovative program. They do things to say, hey, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Well, hey, what? You get to choose if you want to spend your money on that or not. There's no rule saying you can't have as many analysts as – as uh, Alabama, if Notre Dame wanted to have as many analysts as Notre Dame, they, they, could. Alabama, they can afford it. They choose yeah. not to, right? So Alabama's not breaking the rules. And so to me, when I look at it and I say those two teams for me, when they're good, it's good for the game. And, and right. to, to some of the response we're getting, we're, we're defining blue blood. We're not taking an old school look of saying, well, this team was good in the 60s. I don't necessarily care about that because there are some teams that were good in the 60s. I, we're not going to talk about Army and Navy. Right, who are good in the twenties? I, I don't. In the 40s. The, yeah, I don't care. It's about what is is traditional powers that need to be good today. And the fact right. of the matter is, is if Miami is not good, then it makes it so much easier for Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Notre Dame and other pro Oklahoma to come into the state of Florida and get players. Now, those programs are always going to get their share, but it's about stopping them from getting three, four, five of those players that are currently there now. And, and keeping them in your state. And that's also where Florida State is for me, although I was a little hesitant on Florida State because okay. geographically, well, they they're in a really weird part of the state. Correct. The no- they no are Northwest. a, a yeah. very – and it's kind of like Miami. They're a latecomer to the to the dance in regards to their tradition. Their tradition didn't really start until the, the late 80s sure. when they started getting good. And, you know, it, it's a – and Miami didn't start getting good till the mid '80s either with Howard Schnellenberger. But the difference is, is Miami did it so much better than Florida State. I agree. Florida State under Bobby Bowden was really good at the consistency of of their program. I mean, sure. just top five year after year after year. But they would always, you know, lose to Miami, and then they lost to Florida to Notre Dame. And you know, they their 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 one title under Bowden at the beginning sure, yeah. was was one that is very tainted and to yeah. a lot of people because the number two team beat them and beat them pretty convincingly, if if you ask me. And so Miami was just better yep. than Florida State, and 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 then also, like I said, the geographic part of that. But then there's also some things. Say, well, if Florida State's really good, then they can not only recruit Florida, but they can go into Georgia and be effective. Sure, because they're right there. Right. So. That's what ultimately led him in, led me into it because when they're not good, I do think it hurts the game. I think it makes the ACC weaker. I think it makes the ACC less relevant. It makes when a team like Clemson comes along and emerges, and they're beating a seven and five Florida State team, it takes some of the shine away from from Clemson. So now when Clemson goes undefeated, there's still teams, there's still people to say, well, they don't deserve to be there because they didn't beat anybody, which is you know I, I think can be a faulty argument, but. To me, when Florida State is good, when Miami is good, it makes that league far more competitive. It sure. also raises the bar for programs like Virginia Tech and North Carolina and other programs. And to me, those two teams are good for college football. Clemson, you know, it, it's not bad for college football that Clemson's good. I, but if they I, stop I, being yeah. good, and here's the thing, 
Clemson's good now, but people still talk about what happened to Miami and Florida State. Sure. If Miami and Florida State are dominating the ACC in five years, is anyone going to really spend much time thinking, what happened to Clemson? Probably not. I don't think so. I, I, and I had Clemson written down. You've kind of talked me out of it. Uh, I had three teams. I had, I had Clemson, Miami, and Florida State. And mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you just diagnosed, and you're right, there's a little bit of recency bias for me for Clemson. Um, I, believe it or not, I remember the day that Dabo Sweeney was hired, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, like it didn't move the needle because I didn't right. give a crap about Clemson. You know he wasn't I mean? very good his first couple years either. Right. And, and I was like, okay, Dab, oh, whatever. All right. right. You know, um, and he has done a tremendous job. Right. You know, I'm not taking anything away from that. But can he sustain it? Can they sustain it, you know, in the future? I think if we have this conversation 10 years from now, like I mentioned before, and they got maybe two more titles under their belt, then maybe. I think that I, then I think but, that. But I still believe that if Miami and Clemson got good, more people would care about that than they okay. care about Clemson. I could be wrong on that, but that's just kind of how I feel. I think Clemson coming along good sooner than later, though, because yeah. I think that the, the that people that remember when they were good are. <laughs> You know see, what I mean? it's like, not, to me, it's not just about remembering when they were good. It's not just about that. It, it's look, you don't have to be very old. You could be a teenager and you're going to know about the you. I mean, you are. You're, you're right. It, it's just it, 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 it because it's just if you're from it's, South Florida, you know about what it. it. You know about yeah, the you. Right. I don't feel that's the way that, you know it is that way about Clemson. I mean, there's also. It, Again, Clemson being good is is not bad. It's it's. I'm actually glad they're good because sure. at least somebody has been able to step up and, and go toe-to-toe with Alabama. I just My thing is, and I'm not saying I don't want Clemson to be good. I'm just saying if they're not good anymore, as long as Florida State and Florida and, and Miami are good, then, then that's okay. to me what matters. Here's an interesting one from the ACC because we talked about geography. I think I know where you're going, but go ahead. I don't think this team needs to be a – this isn't necessarily good for college football. I've been back and forth on this. But if we're going to talk geography, there's only one team in the Northeast, to me, that can swing some weight, and that's Boston College. And, and more so from an ACC standpoint than from a national standpoint, which is why I'm ultimately not putting them in this list. But to huh. me, if BC is good, it's really good for the ACC because, number one, it's going to be a completely different style of football. Number two, it's the one true Northeastern program because no one cares about Syracuse, right? Uh, and and also because they have a little bit of that Notre Dame in them. You know, religious school, private school, Golden Hell. You know what I mean? Like there's just – so to me, if you look at the ACC only, I think it's good for the ACC if okay. Boston College is So good. they fall into kind of the Oregon yeah. – they, uh, they were – Yes, they were for on you, you know my, what I mean? Yes, they were okay. on my list to okay. think about cuz I really went through every team but then I was like no cuz they just don't have enough tradition well, and there's just not enough talent in the northeast anymore okay. to um to have them in this conversation beyond but I do think in the ACC if if they're good then I think that's good for the game cuz remember for- who's the one team that almost beat Miami in 01 it was BC you know, I mean, you think about what BC was with Matt Ryan. You think about some of those BC teams when 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 they played Notre Dame. I mean, heck, BC kept Notre Dame from winning the title. What people don't often talk about is that was a top 15 BC team. Right, they were good. Glenn Foley was an NFL quarterback. Pete Mitchell was an NFL tight end. You know, so it's good for the it's good for the league more so than anything. 
But I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did think about them for a second because they they're so much different than everybody else. Well, I, I, my team for that category, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this, would be Pitt uh, because I think they have a history behind them. They've got a tradition behind yeah. them. Um, I I mean I know this has nothing to do with anything, but I love their uniforms now. They've gone back to the powder yes, blue. The old school uniforms are much better love, than the crap love. they had for. Love yeah. their new uniforms, uh, and their whole rebranding. Um, yeah. I just I think that you know playing in an NFL stadium as your home stadium. You know they've got the Dan Marino, they've got the Tony Dorsett, right? They've right. got they've got that tradition. But that piece. to me was all within a very short window. Okay, Dorsett was in the seventies, right? Hugh Green was in the seventies, and then Marino and and uh, Jimbo Covert, I think, were on the eighties. The other thing for me is Pitt, no matter what they do, will never be anywhere close to the to top team in their state. And and while that's a that's bit fair. hypocritical to say that about Florida, Florida State, that's a different animal. Yeah. Florida's a different animal. Florida's like three states. Anyone that's ever been there knows Florida's like three states. And and so I, I thought about the Pitt for a minute too, but okay. I just felt like their I didn't run have of, them written down, but their, they fall in that their run of tradition was very short-lived in my opinion. Okay. That's and, cool. and that's why I didn't do it. But they they I'm with you, Vince. They were one that I definitely considered and I absolutely do love the rebranding. I do love yeah. their new uniforms. Awesome. And then then of course when we go watch them play, they wear that crap charcoal right you know gray stuff, which looks sweet on on Twitter, but yeah. looked like garbage up close on and TV. personal. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Terrible. I, yeah, like when they I, showed the photo of them on Twitter, I was like, "Oh, those look sweet!" Like because you know, steel. I lived in Pittsburgh, like it very much represented the city. But then you actually saw it live, and you're like, oh. "Yeah, no, but, yeah, no. I agree." All Let's right. go Big Ten. It's gonna be interesting. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk first about what team is not on okay. my list, and okay, that is got... Penn State. Okay, and here's why I say Penn State. Okay, forget the whole huge disgusting scandal that went on. It has gonna, nothing to do. Has with nothing to do this. with why they're not in it. Okay, which is pretty awful. I'm just saying, like, without that, they're still not in it. Number one, I can't stand Joe Paterno. Never could stand Joe Paterno for a couple reasons. Number one, he just annoyed me, right, listening to him talk. And number two, they did give Notre Dame some problems, which pissed me off. And, and then number three, I never respected him because they would not schedule. They'd play, like, one tough game a year and then a bunch of nothing – and then be playing for a title. Yeah. And whereas like, you know, Miami's playing Notre Dame and Florida State and Michigan and and Florida. You know, Florida and they're they're, they're, they're Miami back in the day would play they had they very much had an anyone, anytime, any place mentality. Sure. I mean Miami I remember they went up the year that they should have won the national title with Butch Davis. What was it um 2000? I mean by the end of the year Miami was as good as anybody. Right. And the reason they didn't get in number 1 cuz the BCS system was awful. And number two, because they lost to Washington the beginning of the year at Washington. That's right. When will Florida ever go to Washington to play Washington? Right. The answer is never, right? And and so to me, that is kind of one of my beefs with Penn State. Now, they're getting a little better about that now, but that was my big beef with Joe Paterno was he just – they wouldn't schedule. And they when they did schedule, it was usually regional – uh, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. And, and that's part of my issue with them. And the other part of it is they are very much a regional program. Now, they are incredibly popular in that region, but they are a regional program. And I don't value and, – and because I don't respect their tradition, then I don't I, – I just – I have no use for, for, for Penn State. Now, is it good for the Big Ten when Penn State's good? 
Yeah. Is it good for Midwestern football in general to have a Penn State team that can go down and beat a Southern team? Sure. Just like it is good when I that's why I love when Wisconsin goes down and does sure. That. But to me, Penn State is more, you know, to me, they're just they're not in that league. And here's the other team that's in the pig the Big Ten. Well, first of all, before I move on to my other team, Vince, what are your thoughts? Because you had a you had made a face when I said Penn State. Because well, we did not talk about the specific teams right before the show for this very reason. Well, I made a face because I was going to say the same thing, and I was like, ah, stole my thunder. Um, because for Penn State, for me, if they're not good, I don't care. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't move. Neither does anyone else outside of the state of Pennsylvania right. or New and, Jersey. And you know, and when they're good, when they're good, or when you think they're good, and and a team's going, a good team is going in there, and they do the whiteout nonsense, it never seems to affect the team that goes in there. Like I, I, it feels like to me, and I don't have any stats to back this up. No, they, if, they've talked about this. Their wideout record is not nearly as good as as the as ESPN makes it out to be. And that's yeah. what I was going to say. I feel like whenever they're hyping up this wideout stuff, that the visiting team goes in there and wins. Like, I don't – Right. You know, again, and, and I may be mistaken on that, but that's how it feels to me. So it doesn't feel like all that hostile of an environment to go into. It doesn't mm-hmm. – you, know, uh, you know, those Penn State-Notre Dame, that you know, the snow game – was that a big game because it was Penn State, or was that a big game because it was snowing? Right. I think it was the. It latter. was a big game because it was Notre Dame. Right. And by the way, they're eight and eight in whiteout games. There you go. They're five hundred at home when everybody puts their wife beater on and is out there cheering. Like that's not good, mm-hmm. you know. So Penn State never moved the needle for me, and I don't have a hatred or a dislike for Joe Paterno. It. He's just an old man coaching football when I started watching. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't really do anything for me. Him and Bobby Bowden were kind of in the same category for me. Like they're out there as figureheads, not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's how that was my perception. Um, and they just hired people to do all the work for them. Uh, they just gave the interviews. And so, you know, they, it, they never moved the needle for me either. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those guys. They were just old dudes who needed to retire like right. a long time ago. Right. Um, and so Penn State was. I don't know. They never really did it for me. So I don't feel like if they're good, it's better. If they're bad, it's worse. I don't think it matters. It matters for the Big Ten, maybe. Mm-hmm. It definitely all, matters for the Big Ten because they, they there, there needs to be a counterweight. That's another conversation. Yes. Well, I mean, but where else would they be if, if they're not going to be? They're not going to be independent. Yeah. I, so there's right. no Big East, right? To me, they should have joined the Big fit. East. That's where that they should have gone. Fit. But because of this, they decided to go to the Big Ten. And Right. And, you know, they haven't played for a national championship since then. So sure. it's not a coincidence. And I, I do think that a team like Penn State is good for the Big Ten. Just like I think Wisconsin being good sure. is good for the Big Ten. I think Iowa being good is Third good for the Big Ten. I get that. Right. And they've got some tradition and they've got some cool things. You know, they've, they're, they're one of the teams that has a traditional uniform, but it's a very bland, ugly traditional uniform, in my opinion. Um, and I could care. I could not care less if Penn State kept their uniforms the way they are because I think they're boring and ugly. And I'm sure Penn State fans are like, whoa, you're a Notre Dame fan. You should. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Gold is way better than white. You know, so a bunch of people can go to Walmart and buy a white T-shirt and go to the game and be like, this is cool. You know, like whatever. Right. I, got I just don't care about Penn State. I don't think that them being good hurts the game. I think them being good is good for the game. But here's my here's my thing. If Penn State is good. I think that's good for the game. But when Penn State's bad, it doesn't affect the game. It doesn't right. matter. It I doesn't agree. hurt the game. I, I think we can both agree on the two teams that matter. In the yeah. Big Ten, I, I know, and it's not difficult to 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 well, about it. It's, the one is debatable. Ohio State, we can just set everyone knows why Ohio State. Ohio State's sure. in that conversation, so they're definitely in. Let's talk about the other one. Michigan is who you're referring to, because I know this pains you to say this. Well, 
There, and I just look, want to kind of see you squirm a little bit as we're from, talking. About well, this. I felt like I needed to put my arm around you when we were talking about Penn State, but mm-hmm. um, but anyway, the, the whole Michigan thing. Look, I'll admit that when they're good, it's good for college football, mm-hmm. and when they're bad, I'll turn it on and watch them get their butts whooped, right? Because that makes me feel good, and so to me, that moves the needle for me. When they're bad, I'm happy. When they're really good, I'm pissed, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, that moves the needle for me, right? And I think that moves the needle for a lot of people because people hate Michigan fans. Right. And it, it is what it is on that. And they are a team that people love to hate. They, they are. And so if I'm turning on the TV to watch them lose, any team, any team that I'm going to turn on the TV and root for them to lose is important to college football. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and Michigan falls under that category, and Ohio State falls under that category for me. No one else in the Big Ten falls under that category. I, they just don't. Like, I I find myself kind of rooting for IU because they're usually an underdog. You know, I um, we can talk about Nebraska, like I said well, before. Well, we'll get to them, oh, we'll get get to to them, them in separately? a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for me, it's Michigan and Ohio State. It's not close, and, and there's a pretty big chasm between everybody else. You know, Penn State, um, I would say Wisconsin, I would say Iowa. Uh, Iowa, they fall into that Oregon kind of category. It's good for the it's yes. good for the league. Yeah. The thing about Michigan for me, Vince, is when I look at them, number one, they serve as a counterweight. When they're good, they yes. serve as a counterweight to Ohio State. Agreed. And 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 I believe, and that's why I tried hard to justify a second Pac 12 team. Because I believe having multiple really, really good teams sure. in a league is better for the game. Sure. I don't think Alabama doing what they've done in the SEC and Clemson doing what they're doing in the ACC and Ohio State doing what they're doing in the Big Ten and and Oklahoma doing what they're doing in the Big 12 is good for the game. It's not good for the game. And and to me, Michigan can be that. And and I know that Michigan was not a team that's won a lot of titles, but if we're being honest – you go look at the 70s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and Michigan has played in and won some really big games. Sure, and, and Michigan was a team that also would not back down from a fight, especially in the Bo Schembechler era. Some other coaches, they've chickened out and then project their own and cowardice onto sure. the team that you know decided to play. Those Ohio State-Michigan games, they meant something. Oh, my God. Every year. Every single Every year. year, those meant something. Now, it hasn't right. meant a lot in the last few years, but – right. Back when I was growing up and I was watching football, that last game of the season, it meant something every single yeah. year. And, and something on the line for one people, of those two teams. Or it was on the line for another team based on what the outcome right. was of that game, right? It was right. it was it was influential to the rest of college. There's a football. lot of Rose Bowls that were decided yeah. by that game as far no as who question. was gonna play in it. Yes, absolutely. I mean I still remember the one versus two game from what was it, oh six? That was a phenomenal game, you know, and there were people that were saying Michigan should have had a rematch against Ohio State, which I thought was kind of silly, but (laughs) there were people that said that. And, you know, I I just – I think they're good for the game. I also think Michigan is more of a national power than a lot of maybe Notre Dame fans like to admit. And and I mean that because – They are. And you know what's helped with that? And and, and I often say this as a joke, but I'm being serious now. Their basketball program has helped with that. It really has. I know people that are now Michigan football fans because they first started watching the basketball team back when the Fab Five played. Yeah, that has helped. It, yep. it really has because it's a it's a football school that became real super popular because of the basketball program in that era. Well, if and, we're being honest, and it's funny and that benefited I, the football program. I've, I've got I've got friends who are basketball fans of Michigan, but they hate mm-hmm. the football team. 
because of the Fab Five. I know people who are Notre Dame football fans who are Michigan basketball fans because of the Fab Five. I can't, like, that doesn't compute for me. Like, the ones and zeros in my head, like, that doesn't – I'm sorry, that will never – like, I I respected the Fab Five. I When I was a kid, I did not like them because they were from Michigan. And I respect everything that they – they meant and all. Right. I get all of that, and it was fun to watch the documentaries and things. I, it doesn't compute for me that you can right. like Notre Dame football, Michigan basketball, right. and be the same. Human. I get it, but it's true, <laughs> and it's only thing. true because of the Fab Five. Yeah, that doesn't it. exist for people if that doesn't right. happen. For sure, for sure. So to me, that that created a, a unique thing that allowed Michigan to become. I mean, Michigan will go out to California. Well, they did when they were good. Yeah, they sure. would go out to California and recruit. They would go to right. Texas and recruit. They would go to Ohio and recruit. Jim Harbaugh doesn't even attempt to bat Ohio State for kids in the state of Ohio anymore, which is embarrassing. It is I mean, embarrassing. Hey, where Charles, where's Charles Woodson Ohio. play ball? Yeah. Where Charles Woodson play ball? Right. Right. He was from the Toledo area. So that's why kind of Michigan is about four or five years from, from dropping out of this conversation, in my opinion. They that's are close. That's true. Because they don't have the championship. That's history. sad. So yeah, sad. they don't have the championship history, and they're becoming to the point where they're now more of a basketball school than they are a football school. Sad. If, if we're being honest, I mean, and it's not just because of the Fab Five, but but look what John. Look, Beeline they were the did. number one seed. Yeah. You know, they were one of the well, number one seeds in the yeah, NCAA they, tournament. They made it to the lead eight without their best player, right, Isaiah Livers. Uh, John Beeline had them from from twelve to thirteen season to now. Michigan's played for the national title twice, right. Under B line this year, they went. Uh, they were an eight seed. They have the number one recruiting class in the country coming in in basketball, and they have a basketball player on their football uniform. Which I understand if you're North Carolina, sure, you know, yeah. But I mean, honestly, I for the last twenty have, years, no. let's Dude. stack up Michigan's football success against the Michigan's basketball success and see which one's better. It's not close. Yeah, it's not close. And, and so to me, Michigan is is very They're dangerously teetering. close to removing themselves out of the blue blood conversation. And if Jim Harbaugh doesn't get it turned around quickly, because here's the thing, you can't lose to it. Look, Auburn's not in this conversation. Auburn has had way more success the last decade against Florida State, against Alabama, than Michigan has had against Ohio State. I mean, think about it. Ohio State's won 15 of 16 games. The only game Michigan won was the year that Jim Trussell got fired and Luke Fickle took over. Think about that. Sad. That team went like six and seven or something like that. Right. That Ohio State team. So you're you're not competitive, you know. In in you, you know you're more competitive against Michigan State than you are against Ohio State, and they're just becoming less and less relevant. The fact that you won't even try to recruit in the state of Ohio is just kind of sad and embarrassing for me. So Michigan is in it for now, and I do think Michigan being good is good for the Big Ten, especially definitely. But I think it is good for college football. But I think that if Michigan continues going down the road they're going down now, if we revisited this in five years, I may not feel the same way about Michigan. That's just my opinion. Last program, Nebraska. Uh, Oh, yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska is never in the conversation as long as they're in the Big Ten. If they go back to the Big 12, they immediately jump into this conversation. You nailed it. But in the Big Ten, Nebraska is, is irrelevant. They're not even Iowa. I, I agree, not. and that's why I said earlier in the program, I was like, Big 12 Nebraska, love it. I mean, Big 12 Nebraska, you know, watching them run the option and watching them do – I mean, that was fun to watch. Like, I enjoyed watching Nebraska football. Well, yeah, they were Nebraska good, and they were different. 
You know, they right. get these big old country boy walk on yeah, offensive linemen. You know, they just they played a different style of football, and they were the one team. You know, they, they, they I mean, what they did to Florida that one year was just like holy moly. You know, they had some will, great yeah. battles with Miami. Yep, I will never identify them as a Big Ten school. No. I just, it's never no. going to work. They in sold my their brain. souls for money, and. Yep. It ruined their tradition. Nebraska is nothing for me. And as yep. long as they're in the Big Ten, they're they're not even Iowa because they have no tradition in the Big Ten. None. 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 And so it's one thing for a team that went from independent to being a a conference team like, like a Penn State, like Miami, Florida State. But to switch leagues the way that they did for money was uh, traitorous and and greed, and sure. they deserve every butt whooping they've gotten since then. And they Agreed. deserve every ounce of irrelevance that has come to them. Yeah, I agree. I'm with we're, you 100%. We're not really – this is a live chat, but we're not really doing, like, um, a lot of interaction. But I'm sorry. This is this was just too good. Okay? This is about Penn State. Uh-huh. Brian Denbo said, because the whiteout game was the only time they played anyone good at home. Well that's, done, my friend. It's fair. Very, and they're 8-8. Eight and eight, so. very, very well done. Um, Vince, so we're going to wrap up with the SEC – Alabama to me is a given, uh, and not just yes. because of their recent success. Alabama is a is a they have a the only other success. program to me that has the tradition that can match Notre Dame's absolutely and, and, and over the course of several decades. Correct, you know, and and so to me they're clearly in it. That's a no brainer. I think it's good for the game of football when Alabama is good because hey, who are the two programs that gave Miami problems in the late eighties and early nineties? It wasn't Florida State. It was Notre Dame beat them twice, eighty eight ninety, that kept Miami from winning the title. And then the, there was the year that Alabama smacked them in the Sugar Bowl to win the national title with Gene Stallings. Remember that? Uh, it was a George Teague ran up behind Lamar Thomas and he was going for a long touchdown, just ripped the ball from him. Remember that? They had, I think John Copeland was on that team. Remember that nasty, filthy uh, uh, Eric Curry? I think it was the other D lineman Alabama had. That was a filthy Alabama defense. Uh, but they beat the U when the U was still pretty freaking good. Yeah, right. I think when the when Alabama is is a is a title contender, it's good for college football. One of the best. Speaking of the two teams, one of the best games that I, one of the best ball games I ever saw was the Michigan Alabama Orange Bowl around two thousand with Tom Brady and Sean Alexander facing each other. You remember that one? Uh, Phenomenal no. game. And I miss the days where those two teams are both really good and play each other. Uh, you know, and, and Alabama is is good for the game when Alabama's good. It's yeah. not for good for the game when Alabama dominates it the way that they have in the last decade. However, and that's why. We need some other power SEC teams. Now, to me, Vince, there's no other SEC West teams that I really view that. LSU is not that for me. I, I know not, that because they haven't been good. That period where they weren't good um, leading up to 2019. Okay. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Nobody I wasn't cared. Them, yeah. You know, right. it, it didn't. Now, when, when, you know, LSU is on Notre Dame's schedule or they play them in a bowl game, okay, you know, it's a name. Of, you know, I can get excited about that. But, I'm going to say it for you real quickly. Nick Saban won a national title at Alabama. Correct. Or LSU. Yeah, went yep. to the NFL, left for Alabama. Correct. I don't see an Alabama coach leaving for NFL and then going to LSU. And that may seem like a you know a weird thing to draw, but they're just not that program. They They don't have the history and tradition. To me, they're very much a regional program. Now, they're a very good program, and I, and I, I think it's good for the SEC – when LSU is good they're, again, they're I don't part think of that, that right. I don't think them being good the helps or hurts the overall game uh, from a big picture standpoint. It just makes the SEC more competitive. I 
I think anything that we, any program that can create more competitive balance within a league is good for that league, but it doesn't impact the game as a whole, in okay. my opinion. And I don't view the Mississippi's definitely aren't. Arkansas is not. Uh, and Texas A&M is not because Texas I, A&M no. is always Texas A&M is more Michigan State than they are Michigan. M- Michigan. Yeah, in my I agree. Opinion. I agree. They're the little brother in the state. I mean, right, right. Um, and, okay, so the, the East is where we I, have. So SEC is the one division where I have three teams. Okay, for sure, three teams. But okay. the fact that I don't have a fourth, and the fact that my third is going to be someone, I think everyone thinks that for me. Because you and I haven't talked about this. I no, we think. haven't. I'm interested to see who your team is. The one are. team in the East that I do not have is Georgia. Okay. Interesting. Inter- I have Georgia written down. Mm-hmm. I had They were my third team. State uh, your case. Georgia was my third team. You know, they don't, are, don't start second guessing yourself because I don't have them. Well, State no, why, I, they, why you had them. Like I said, they were my third team and they were kind of teetering a little bit because I don't feel like they can get over that hump. Like, I feel like. They're a good SEC team. I don't right. know if they move the needle for a lot of people. Like, I'm not tuning in to watch Georgia lose if they're not good. I'm not necessarily tuning in to watch them win if they're good. Only if it somehow affects my team am I going to tune into Georgia. So I mm-hmm. guess I'm kind of talking myself out of it as I talk myself through it. But they do have some history. They, they have some tradition. Not a ton of it. I feel like their tradition almost is uh, on par with, like, Pittsburgh's tradition. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right because the only time they were really a power is when they had one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and Herschel Walker. Walker. What, what, what other national titles yeah. do they have? That's their history, and I, and you're right. And so they have I get two. They have two claimed from. national titles: 1942 and 1980. Okay. And and if if Georgia's not good, I don't even think that affects the SEC all that much. Now I have no idea who your third team is going to be. I'm just going to go out and I. Well, I, I, one I we know for sure, and that's Florida. the SEC East. To me, that's Florida, and and Florida for the same reasons that we mentioned with Florida and Florida State. And I actually w- debated this one a little bit, but I, I think with the tradition that that if Urban Meyer had not gone to Florida and did what he did, then Florida probably wouldn't be okay. in this two, and, and I'd and be he- down to one. My argument with Florida was going to be, and I was almost going to, they were kind of teetering for me because I feel like because I started watching football, you know, religiously in the 90s, right? The Mm -hmm. the early to mid 90s and then beyond. And that's when Florida was really good, right? And Mm -hmm. I had my, one of my best friends growing up in Bristol, Indiana, was a huge Florida Gators fan for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. He was a huge Florida Gators fan. So we watched a lot of Florida football and it was on my radar. And I was trying to think to myself, okay, Am I picking Florida because I grew up around Florida, like they were on my radar growing up, um, or am I picking them because they were actually good? I think, trying to look at it holistically, that Florida being good is good for college football. I, mm-hmm. I, I do think that because the three Florida schools, when they're good, it's good. Like it's it, and really it creates good. a natural balance in the yes. Southeast. The more teams in the Southeast that are genuinely good, the more organic parity you're going to find sure because there's only so many players now what's happened is you've why you've seen the sec dominate is because not because those teams are so much better but because the other leagues haven't been as good and and i think that's hurt and and i think that it creates more balance in my opinion so when florida's good and i think you could make a case that we need to drop one of the florida teams out and if i had to drop one of the florida teams out i would drop florida state in my opinion 
I think Florida is the, the now the team of Northern Florida and Miami is the team of central and Southern Florida is the kind of the way that I would look at it. And central's kind of split, you know, yeah. just like when I lived in Jacksonville back in the day, it was very much split between Florida and, and Georgia fans. But to me, it's Florida. If again, if it wasn't for what urban Meyer did, I don't know if I would have Florida in this conversation. Okay. Because they had, I mean, I loved watching those Florida teams. I did too, man. Because I really they did. did, they were different. Like they, they were, were throwing the ball around and they, they were, were doing things that nobody else was doing. Correct. And, you know, won a title, had some Heisman Trophy winners and didn't do it with a lot of like, you know, star recruits and stuff. I mean, Danny Warfel was not going to be like the number one player in the country coming out of sure. high school. Sure. You know, and they had a very charismatic coach. They've got the swamp. Right. They've got the, you know, the yeah. gator chomp that, you know, and, and even Spurrier won a, t- won a Heisman at florida back and, in the 60s he was an outspoken coach i mean he had a right. personality had, exactly very flint, right now that was more about him than it was florida from a traditional standpoint get that that's why it's so important that urban meyer did what he did because now you've had a second generation of florida being a dominant program now it wasn't very long lasting because urban meyer doesn't last long at places but i do think that helped them and now again they're a team that if they don't kind of start winning some being more competitive i could see i could see a case in five to ten years where it would be or less than that actually where people start arguing that that florida needs to be out and georgia needs to be in this conversation but to sure. me you know florida has more national championships and and more recent success and more long-term success and all those kind of things where georgia's always been pretty good but they've never been great you know there's no era where they were great they were great in a couple years but yeah. not in an era Sure, I get that. I still want to know who your thirty is because yeah. I'm looking at this list and I don't Tennessee. know. Tennessee, you're going to say Tennessee, okay? Tennessee. Now, again, if we're just talking about recency, no way, because for the last ten years, Tennessee's been a freaking joke. Correct. But here's They've why I think one. it's yeah. right there. So again, this isn't evaluating who's good. I'm saying this is when it's good for the game because to me, right. Tennessee is the bridge between the North and South when it comes to college football. Huh? They're part Northern, part Southern. They can recruit Ohio. They can recruit Kentucky. They can recruit the Northeast better than uh, you know than other teams can from a sure. geographical standpoint if they're sure. good. They can also recruit the South. There's tradition there. Uh, it's a great stadium, great college campus. They've had some success winning. You know, not there, but they're more they're more Georgia from a winning standpoint than than they are some other teams, and that's kind of that's kind of the rub for me. But to me. Tennessee is in this conversation because at the very beginning of this, we talked about the importance of geography. Yes. Right? Yeah, good point. And Tennessee, to me, is that program that it brings a little something different to this conversation than, than a lot of these other programs. So to me, okay. Georgia is just like Florida. They're just like those SEC schools. Tennessee is also unique because Tennessee is used to be a big rival of Alabama. And it yeah, doesn't get true. as much conversation now because they're terrible because they're awful. <laughs> but for a period of time, you could argue that Tennessee was the biggest rival for two SEC teams in the nineties. You could make that case where yes, Florida state and Florida was the bigger you know rivalry from a, you know, a, I, I hate you, you hate us. But in regards to the winner of that game was going to be the SEC East, team champion mm-hmm. and so it was more of an on-field rivalry 
Whereas Florida, Florida State is as much of an off-field rivalry as an on-field rivalry. There's a period of time where the Tennessee-Florida rivalry was big time because the yeah, winner right. was going to play for the SEC East. And because back then the East was better than the West, whoever won that game was then ultimately going to be the SEC be the champion. SEC champion, yeah. You know, and then obviously you had the great Peyton Manning years, then T. Martin wins initial national championship, uh, you know, things like that. And so um, so I just I just feel like that is that is why I'd go with Tennessee. If and here's what if Tennessee is good, it's better for the SEC than if Georgia's good. Georgia being good only serves as a counterweight to Alabama. And to me, there's no other intrinsic value. I mean, just look how many kids, even though Georgia's good now, look at how many kids still leave the state of Georgia. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, good luck getting a kid out of this. If Manny Diaz went out and won a national title this year, good luck getting a kid out of South Florida. Right. He would have the, he would have the Southern half of that state locked down. Yeah. It's the, it'd be the same as the state of Miami. It'd be back to that. It's the state of Miami. Yeah. And so to me, I just Georgia to me just isn't a needle moving tent program. Tennessee is probably my most controversial one on here, but I just I feel like I agree. Tennessee has had some great games with Notre Dame. They've had some, you know, they're a team that can easily establish rivalries with northern teams. I would love to see like a Tennessee Ohio State if they're both uh, if they're both good. Um, and so that to me is just kind of where I look at it, and I say that's good for the game of college football. If Tennessee is good, it's the most northern team in the SEC. That matters because for football, because nobody gives a rip about Kentucky, right? No, uh, not outside, not in football. This is bas- We're not talking basketball, right? right? We're talking football. So to me, they're the most northern team that could potentially be a contender, and I feel like they have great rivalries with teams in the East and West, and that's why to me. Tennessee being good is better for the game than Georgia being good. All right, fair enough. Maybe, you know, and, and, you know, again, Georgia could swing some weight in the league, but I feel like Tennessee is my team. So that is my, that is my three for the SEC. You went Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I did. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yes. And I, I wrote down LSU, but then I crossed it out because I was like, no, that doesn't do anything Mm -mm. for me. So, Mm -mm. uh, but yes, those were my three. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 would be it. Um, again, when we so, so, some people are kind of getting in late, we're not talking about blue bloods from a simply a tradition standpoint. I, I feel like that is a very narrow, um, it's a different conversation, uh, frankly. Yeah, and, and because otherwise, let's start talking about Army and Navy. I mean, Army right. and Navy both, I believe, both have more national championships than Michigan does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I believe I Navy. So. I believe Army has more national championships than Georgia does. Right. So if we're going to talk about who was good sixty years ago. And and ha- that that's not blue blood to me. That is, this is about the blue bloods to me are the programs that are when they're good, it impacts right. all of college football. And to me, that's kind of where where we are at this conversation. So I think yep. some of those teams you could leave out. I think there's some teams that you could make a case to be in. Uh, what we want to find out is we've seen a lot of people, um, you know, leaving comments and things like that. We appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. I love it. Steven Martinez. I remember playing NCAA football when I was in high school in 2002 and all the powerhouse teams like today, Alabama was trash in the video game. <laughs> the Alabama they, was horrible back then. Yeah. The well, they game. had their years where they were up and down. Like yeah. I, the year that I, that I remember with uh, Sean Alexander, where they played Michigan in the orange bowl. That was a really good, my uh, uh, Alabama team. But then the next year they'd go out and be bad. Like remember uh, Mike Shula had like that 10 win team. And then I think he got fired a year later. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean, like, they weren't a real, like, you know, legit power team. But, you know, go back to the 90s when Gene Stallings was there. 
mean, there weren't a whole lot of teams that were unafraid of the Florida State was afraid of the U. Florida yeah. wouldn't even play Miami back then. Notre Dame and Alabama were teams that would go toe to toe. They didn't schedule them in the regular season, but you know, they, they played some really some really epic games, those programs. So that's sure. why I'd put them in there. And so that is it for today's conversation. Just had some fun with it. I, yeah. I you know, I'd be, be curious to hear some of y'all's thoughts about who you think should or shouldn't be. We'll push back on some of our uh some of the teams that we talked about. Uh, you know, we could talk about some big picture things. Like if I could, if I was, you know, football king, uh, <laughs> I would get rid of the 12 to 14 team leagues. I'd, I'd bring the Southwest Conference back. I'd bring the Big East back. I'd put more teams in. Into, I mean, there'd be a lot of things that I would do, but this is the realistic of where we are in college football. And we try to stick with the real, the realistic aspects of that. That's going to be it for this show. Make sure you subscribe to the Irish Breakdown podcast on YouTube. Hit that notification bell so that you yeah, know man. that we are going to have shows and, of course, live shows. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you see it, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate that. Check out irishbreakdown.com. And tomorrow, uh, it's not going to be live because I'm going to record it later tonight. But we're going to have I'm going to do a podcast with Bill Bender from the Sporting News, and we're going to talk about both of our visions, because we have different visions for how college football needs to expand, because they're going to expand. It's not going to stay a 14 playoff for very long. Because of money, money, money. Right. And so we're going to discuss what we think are the best ways to expand the college football playoff to where more teams are in contention for the college football playoff. So that is where we're, we're, we're going to discuss tonight. So look for that tomorrow morning. We'll have that up on the podcast and on YouTube. So check that out. And as always... Stay locked into irishbreakdown.com. Thanks for joining us in today's show. Thanks for being a part of our Irish Breakdown community, and we look forward to talking to you all again very, very soon.